Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The Final Word. Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenrider, and welcome to The Final Word, the show that invites you right into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV, of course, right here every Sunday night. Let's get started by introducing you to tonight's panelists. Please welcome from DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Dan Kovacevic. Yeah, hi, Albie. I know everybody's excited, and I know everybody's going to be doing that Louie thing again tomorrow night. He's still the big variable. <laughs> right. From the Trib, also heard on Stewart's Radio Network, of course, Tim Benz. Hi, Tim. Albie, the Cincinnati Reds beat the Pittsburgh Pirates in what ended up being a best of three series this weekend in Ohio, in part because the Pirates had their backup catcher ejected from the bench and because Colin Moran hit two home runs, including a grand slam against them. But I'm sure it will get much better against the Dodgers. All right, some of the topics we're talking about tonight. We're looking for five words on the Penguins win in game three. How far could the Penguins go with Louis Domingue? One of the best options for filling in during the injuries to Dumoulin and Raquel. If the Penguins win this series, what's your confidence level in a Stanley Cup run? Now the Rangers, the toughest test getting to the final, plus, of course, your final word. But first, the night's big topic. After the first three games, how do you see the rest of the Penguins series with the Rangers playing out, Dan? Well, I'm going to start with what has surprised me. And this goes back to, I would say, the 11 or 12-minute mark of the first period of Game 1 when the Penguins, they weathered that storm to an extent that was ridiculous up there, the, the scene in there. And then they said, you know what, let's just play. And they kept doing that, and they gained possession, and they took more shot attempts, and they started wearing the Rangers down a little bit. They have done this now consistently, other than the second period of the game last night, and they have made a statement. I believe that. I think the Penguins have shown that they can play the kind of hockey that they did back in October through December, and not just Sid's line. That was what really came out of the game, I thought, last night. All right, Tim. Well, coming into the series, Albie, I said that the Penguins would lose in six. I had the Rangers winning game six here and closing out the Penn season. And I also said coming in that the Penguins would win game one, lose game two, and then split at PPG Paints Arena. I wasn't quite sure how the two games at PPG Paints Arena would go, but I was leaning towards the Pens winning game three. So 
my gut tells me don't vary off of your pick because you're three for three so far. <laughs> but I'm also looking at what is in front of me and especially seeing what's going on against the goaltending for the Rangers. Shesterkin being a puddle in game three. And I'm thinking the Penguins at least get this to a game seven. And if they get it to a game seven, well, maybe they can eke out of that because of the Rangers' inexperience. I do want to echo one point that Dayon made about how the other players on the ice besides the Sid line really rose to the occasion. They did. Go back to that first period. It wasn't just the goal scoring that you got from Carter and Rodriguez twice and uh, not Dan Heinen. Who was the other one that had a goal? Uh, Carter and and Rodriguez had two. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and Brock McGinn was the fourth. Brock McGinn, the, the bank one, yeah. So those guys scored and then on top of that, if you looked at the box score, they got one shot from Sidney Crosby, Brian Rust, Jake Gensel, Chris Letang, and Evgeny Malkin combined. It wasn't just that the support guys ended up finishing the job. It was also they overcame what was a lesser period than normal from the normal guys that usually do all the scoring for the Pens. Part of the reason they did that, Tim, and this is where I thought you were going with that, is that Jason Zucker and some other guys went out there and showed some energy and instigated a little bit. This is what they weren't doing uh, in that opening in Madison Square Garden and really not even so much in the opening in Game 2 up at the Garden. Uh, They stayed on their toes to use one of those Mike Sullivan-isms. They got aggressive. They made sure that they instigated with their brand of hockey. All right. A reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word and on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. We're looking for five words tonight on the 7-4 Penguins win in Game 3. John on Facebook, the Rangers are showing cracks. Gary on Twitter, lose that game, series over. And one more from Twitter, lucky to win any game. Oh, now, Dan and Tim, what five does that words even mean? on the win in game three. Dan, you're first. Well, can't repeat that second period, but I, I, I'm going back at this other guy here. Every single metric, whether it's advanced or otherwise, has favored the Penguins to this point in the series. And by the way, that includes in each of the three individual games. There's nothing fluky about what's going on out there. You can get upset over the fact that the Penguins blew the 4-1 to lead, and you should. My five words support that. Uh, Mike, Mike Sullivan called that the worst period the Penguins have played, and I'm not sure he was limiting that to the playoffs, okay? That's how bad it was. Why? They were passive. They sat back. Tim, you know what I'm talking about. You saw, we're sitting next to each other up there in the press box. We're watching the Penguins are just kind of doing this yeah. and letting the Rangers just skate around. Well, I'll kind of play off of that for my five words, and it's three games in one night. Uh, That's what the ticket-buying public got to see. Uh, They got a game where the Penguins blew out the Rangers in the first period. They got blown out in the second. Then you saw a chance, counter-chance, punch, counter-punch affair for the third period where the Penguins essentially won 1-0, and you got a couple of empty netters at the end, including the beautiful pass from Crosby to set up Carter for the last one. That was something else. But, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, I know that everybody thought that the folks at MSG got bonus hockey when they saw the real equivalent of two games in one night, like six periods. But, (laughs) you know, you had such a swing of emotions back and forth between all pens, Mm -hmm. all Rangers, and then button heads for the third. Really tension packed down the stretch. Domingue making a bunch of nice saves, and eventually the Penguins coming out on top with the one goal and then the empty netters. But uh, that had to be Mm – you you got your money's worth if you went to that game at PPG Paints Arena. All right. If the Penguins win tomorrow night, they're up 3-1. If the Rangers win, then it's a best of three. When we come back, 
How far could the Penguins go with Louis Domingue? Not far, says this comment. Dan and Tim with more on that topic. What is wrong with these people? And more when the final word continues. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the final word. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Dan Kovacevic and Tim Benz. And let's go back to this topic, Tim. How far could the Penguins go with Louis Domingue in goal? Well, I don't know if they can get out of this round. Uh, I think to get out of this round, it might be a bigger question about what's happening in the other nets. Uh, I think you're seeing a pretty good pattern of what the Penguins are going to have to do to overcome the fact that they're playing with their third goaltender. Like, I think Deming's been pretty good, but I think this is as good as he can be. Uh, he hasn't had a bad game yet, and he's still let in, what, four goals and four goals for two starts. So um, I think he's doing a really nice job. I, I don't want to confuse a great story with a great goaltender. I don't want to confuse playing above expectations to expecting too much. I think we're maybe starting to do this already with the Ming and trying to, I don't know, affix Moose, Moose Hedberg yeah. status onto him so quickly. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think you got to go series by series with how he's playing, and maybe if they can get out of the series, the better question is uh, how healthy is Tristan Jari? All right, how, how far can the Penguins go uh, with the Ming? About another week, says this comment. <laughs> Dan, we're teeing it up for you. Well, realistically, that's all they would need. Okay, Tristan Jari's back on his skates. Uh, he was actually in a net yesterday. Now, he wasn't taking shots or anything. He's got a broken foot. But the fact that he's got skates on and he's on the rink, it tells you that he can't be that far away because eventually it becomes a pain tolerance issue. And you know what, how hockey players are with pain tolerance. As far as Louie is concerned, you know, uh, the thing that worries me about him is the left-right. Okay, yes. it's not pretty. Now, the best save that he made... Mm -hmm. in Game 3. And, Tim, you, you know what yeah. I'm talking about, the Artemi Panarin save. Yep. Gerard Gallant brought it up unsolicited after the game and said that was a big difference maker. The Rangers had all those power plays in a row. Louis comes. 
but he comes across like he's crashing and burning, okay? Now, I asked Louie. Well, he, he does a little of the Flurry thing, too, Dayon, where he's so excited back when Flurry was first learning. He gets so excited to go over to one the side, Lindstrom he overcommits, save. and then That's comes what it back like. the other way. Yeah, it looked like the Lidstrom save, right? Where he went over, he went over head first to make a glove save. And now that said, in fairness to Louis, he has been tending goal for a while. And I asked him after the game about all the east-westing that the Rangers do and how that compares to the AHL. And he was just like, "It's not the AHL." He has to adjust, and he has to put himself into positions where he doesn't overslide, yep. which we've also seen. So can he do that? I, I'm not going to rule out that Louie can become more mechanically sound within facing high level, the highest level NHL action right there on the spot. All right, next topic. When you look at the injuries the Penguins have been dealing with, it's amazing they're up two games to one in this series. They have overcome a lot, Dan. So what are the best options for filling in during the injuries to Dumoulin and Raquel? Well, Raquel, you know, Kasperi Kapanen has had a terrific series for a guy who has no goals yet. Uh, I mean, it's not just the volume of shots. He's put up 14 shots in three games. It's the quality of them. I mean, he's probably got 10 or 11 just absolute bullets that he's put on Shesterkin in, in particular. Some of Shesterkin's best saves have been on him. So I've been okay with his work. I've really liked Danton Heinen's game before the goal that he got last night. So I think Raquel, to an extent, has been replaced. Uh, not, you know, not fully. The real replacement there has been Evan Rodriguez by stepping up. Uh, as for Dumoulin, man, I, I think something's been wrong with him for a while. And I, I, I really believe that he, you know, we did not see his best hockey while he was participating in these playoffs. No, I right. would agree with that, but it, I don't know if I'm a fan of the Matheson and Latang combination hmm. as the go-to because I, I do think there's something to be said for both of those guys being risk-takers at the same time on the ice together a lot. Um, What's the alternative, though, Tim? Well, what would you replace him with? Well, th that's the, you know, yeah. you have to maybe in a, a crisis mode like that, uh, maybe you have to get away from the right-left thing, which I know they don't like to do. Uh, they might have to consider that. But you know, Albie, to go back to the to the main question, you know, about how we're trying to fill holes here and look at the the Penguin situation, the choice making as far as the lineup goes to me that it's going to have the biggest dictating on the rest of the series is what Gallant does in net with uh, Shesterkin and Goryev. I mean, you'd think the easiest thing to do is just go right back to Shesterkin and hope that was a mistake. And that's what I would do. That's what I hope he does. But they were wavering on him a little bit towards the end of the regular season. He wasn't playing as great as he was against the Penguins when he was playing the rest of the league. And I don't know how long of a leash he's going to have if yeah, that, some of those bad habits that we were talking about with Domingue, mm -hmm. you can take a lot of that scouting analysis we just talked about with Domingue and affix that to what we saw in the first period with Shesterkin, yeah, too. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see Shesterkin uh, in net tomorrow night, but I think I'm with you, Tim, that, you know, that it's going to get dark outside for the Rangers in a hurry. All right, now we're looking ahead. Allow us to do this, Tim. If, if, if the Pens win this series, What's your confidence level in a Stanley Cup run? Uh -oh. Are the Rangers, in your opinion, the toughest test to get into the final? No, I think uh -huh. the Hurricanes would be tougher. Um, but now I don't know if the Hurricanes are going to beat the Bruins. I thought they were going to roll through that mm -hmm. series. So that puts a new twist on it. And then, well, let's assume that it's either Toronto or Tampa that comes out from that best of seven. I mean, I'm not going to rule out the Panthers yet, but that's going the wrong direction right now. Um, I guess the shortest answer to your question, Albie, is I would think that the hardest elimination for the Penguins would be 
if the Lightning can survive this series and get out of their bracket and then face them. You All know, right. you know, Albie, I, I, when I look at the, when I look at the Penguins as they head into a potential next round, and believe me, I'm not speaking for any of them. They would never entertain something like this. But I would look at not so much their matchups, but at who they are. One point that Sullivan always makes is that it, when we play a certain way, we can beat anybody in the league. They've proven that to their credit. So if they get into another round against uh, whoever, even Florida, which I think is the most talented team in the East, you know, Florida's got Bob in gold. Don't forget that. All right. All right, we're, uh, we had a comment there. What are the chances of a Stanley Cup run? Slim and none, and Slim just left the building. What is so. with these? Albie, what are we missing here? I knew you'd like that. Why are they doing this? <laughs> when we come back. Or, all right, I mean, go I ahead. Think, honestly, continue, continue. It, it, Tim, I think this is a, I think uh, the Penguins fans right now are in a state of where there is like a defense mechanism. They were or, so. Okay, no, I, I buy that. But or it could be people who like when I opened the show thought it was going to be Rangers in six or Rangers in seven and it's only two to one right now and they're still looking at a third string goaltender and yeah. the, li the likelihood of a third string goalie depending on when Tristan Jari comes back if Tristan Jari comes back you know if Jari comes back and still isn't good in the playoffs then you got to go back to the third string goalie does he still have the same magic oh, at that geez. point you know like there, there's a lot of variables to consider here to get even to the point of getting to a sixth or seventh game against New York and then all, on to the next two rounds. All I've got here, Tim, is the Penguins are playing very well. There is no they measure yes. by which they are not playing well. Just, you know, take it as it comes. It's not that bad. Yeah. Especially the special teams could get better. I'd like mm -hmm. to see the special teams get better. Even though they got the two goals. Yeah, it was the second unit. There's the second unit a couple times. Unit. There's some fluky stuff going uh -huh. on in both ways. But, you know, I think they kind of acknowledge that, too. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks, guys. When we come back around the horn on any topic, the final word is next. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the final word. Welcome back. It's time now for the final word. Everybody gets the chance. Dan, you're first. You know, the Pirates just had a really, really lousy road trip while you weren't looking. They split in Detroit. Shouldn't have. Lost two of three in Cincinnati. No one should do that, even if you are the Pirates, with the way the Reds have played. This is not okay. Players at the big league level aren't getting better. You're still talking about the same three guys, meaning, of course, Brian Reynolds, Brian Hayes, and David Bednar, and you're not getting much of any, out of anyone else. This is year three for this management team, for Ben Charrington and then for Derek Shelton on the field. At some point or other, that script has to change at the top level, not just at the lower ones. All right, and Tim, final word. I want to give you a couple quotes from Kevin Colbert on 105.9 The X this week. It's almost like he spent his rookie NFL season at the college level and mastered it. That's how he assessed Kenny Pickett's decision to go back to Pitt. Then, the maturity level that he displayed was very similar to what Joe Burrow did at LSU. 
I know what Jeremy Fowler from ESPN said this week about it being three dogs, one bone with Pickett and Trubisky and Mason Rudolph fighting for the (laughs) starting quarterback's job. But I think when you hear quotes like that from Kevin Colbert, I know he's the outgoing GM, and I know this is Mike Tomlin's call, and if it's disproportionate that one of those two quarterbacks is better than Pickett, they'll go with one of those two other guys. But all things being equal, it's not. They spent the 20th pick on him. He's 24. He has 49 starts in college football. All things being equal, it will be Kenny Pickett's job. All right. Thanks, guys. Our final word now from social media. The worst officiating in any sport is the NHL, and it shines brightest during the playoffs. Finally, happy uh, Mother's Day to all the moms out there, including my wife and my mom. And finally, a happy birthday wish to one of our most loyal viewers. Fred Coles coming off a celebration of 70. Big weekend for him. My guess is they're still dancing in the streets of Whitehall. So on behalf of Tim and Dayan, Happy birthday, Fred. Thanks for making us a part of your Sunday night. That's the final word for tonight. I'm Albie for Dan and Tim. Thanks for staying up with us. See you next time.